Good afternoon, Farm News Time on the Red River Farm Network. I'm Don Wick with Pitt, Whitney Pittman and Sierra Doctor. There's a lot of snow in store for this week ahead. World Weather Incorporated senior agricultural meteorologist Drew Lerner says the recent snow event will pass through and we'll get a nice break before more winter weather moves into the region. Drew Lerner from World Weather Incorporated. But there's another snow event that's expected to occur in the western Dakotas as we go through the night tonight and by tomorrow at dawn it will be moving east of the Missouri River and we'll go ahead and spread across the eastern Dakotas and Minnesota and be with us most of the day uh, Tuesday and then wind down on Wednesday morning. But that is not the end of the series. We will see another opportunity for snow to begin in Nebraska and South Dakota Wednesday night. And with this event has potential to become a much larger storm system. Lerner says a third system will also move in later this week. The bottom line is it's another storm. So we've got two more systems still yet to come. And that latter one could produce some very impressive snows. I don't want to scare folks. I'm sure the rumor mill's already working, but we could easily pick up uh, between now and uh, the end of the weekend. We could probably see easily 6 to 12 inches of new snow everywhere uh, except near the Canada border, and there is potential that we could see a few spots maybe coming up to, uh, gosh, maybe 12 to 18 inches perhaps in parts of Minnesota. But that depends on the storm that comes up later this week. USDA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack announced today the Biden administration is investing $89 million under the Meat and Poultry Intermediary Lending Program to expand independent meat processors. USDA also announced the initial steps to create a more competitive marketplace for seeds and other egg inputs. The department is making the investments in seven states, including North Dakota and South Dakota. Vilsack spoke at the National Farmers Union Conference this morning where he announced funding for expanding market opportunities. Roughly $89 million is going to go into our intermediary relending program. This is a lending program that provides credit to independently owned and operated processing capacities to expand, to get equipment, whatever their needs are. This is in addition to the money that we've put into expanding market opportunities for 278 processing facilities that now can, will begin to sell across state lines, in addition to the 30 processing uh, projects that we've uh, provided $150 million to, uh, to be able to expand capacity in a variety of states. Vilsack says there will be more announcements and effort put into expanding processing and announced a new proposed rule around product of the USA labeling. The proposed rule that we're putting out today would say if you want to use this label, or you want to made made in the USA label for beef, poultry, processed eggs, pork, you can only do it if the critter was raised here, born here, raised here, slaughtered here, and processed here. Rural America is dependent on a strong farm economy. Shelley Zish is a member of the North Dakota Farmers Union Board of Directors and said the Farm Bill must address these big picture type issues. We're losing a lot of farmers and ranchers um, either to lack of income or to um, retirement. And who's going to fill those shoes? Because uh, we do have an aging population in our farming and ranching communities. And uh, 
to help get the young people started so we don't lose that generation of farmers and ranchers also. The National Farmers Union delegate session will be wrapping up tomorrow. We're mostly focusing on the farm bill and making sure making sure that stays strong and, and what we need in there and, and hopefully um, getting more support for a safety net for some livestock producers and, and that type of thing. Competitive competition and antitrust laws have been an ongoing concern for Farmers Union. Botano, North Dakota farmer Philip Neubauer is a delegate at the National Farmers Union Convention and says progress is being made on this issue. I, I think it definitely shows that we are getting traction. Um, you know, everybody, everybody has to eat, and I think more people are starting to realize, hey, where's our food come from, and how can we make it more affordable to everybody, and let's maybe do something to not have issues like we're you know, having now and that we had here in the past. Neubauer said the farm bill is being promoted as a food security bill. Bauer trading market analyst Ben Cash says South American weather continues to make headlines in this market. What we're seeing is um, a weaker overnight tone uh, to the grain markets before seeing rebound in the soybeans led by the meal. Um, we're still very concerned about Argentine weather. Looks like anywhere from 85 to 65 percent of that belt is going to remain dry here, um, moving into you know very critical time frame of March and. Um, really running out of time to, to see any beneficial rains. There's probably a lot of irreversible damage already done there in Argentina. But then also we're seeing decent conditions in Brazil, a little bit drier forecast for central Brazil, um, and a little wetter forecast for the northern areas, which will benefit that second crop corn that has been planted. Cash is keeping an eye on China's crop development. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on uh, China. Uh, their growth forecast has definitely come in lower than expected. Five uh, percent is what their target for this next year. I think that's what's led to some of the weaker tone in, in the ags as well as energies to start this week. Um, they've, they've scaled that back. I think that's the weakest um, growth forecast they've had in decades. Uh, so a 5% growth number uh, leans a little bit bearish here for, for the ag markets. The United States is taking steps to resolve the trade dispute over biotech corn and exports to Mexico. Leaders from both countries will participate in formal discussions. If that doesn't resolve the standoff, the U.S. will file a dispute settlement under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada agreement. This action is in response to Mexico's proposed ban on biotech corn for human food production. Mexico has left the door open for a ban for feed use as well. Don't forget, you can find out more about Red River Farm Network radio affiliates. Listen to this broadcast, podcast, and more on your phone. Bookmark rrfn.com. Reporting agriculture's business. Monday Farm News on the Red River Farm Network. Trade has remained relatively quiet today after a little fresh news over the weekend. The Money Farm analyst Allison Thompson explains. We didn't get a whole lot of fresh news over the weekend, but we did have some corn export sales this morning, which was really good to see. So hopefully that means China's back in business. And of course, there we didn't get a whole bunch of bullishness with that news on the corn side, but we are near on cheese right now. Soybeans, we didn't get any fresh news there, but with South America's weather concerns, um, we're still seeing that add some support to the market. Outside markets aren't doing too much for us either today, but who knows how the day will progress or what the week does. So we'll keep an eye on it. Hopefully, fingers crossed, we get some more demand news this week. Lower grain prices seem to be driving cattle stronger. Good to see, especially on the cattle side of things. They continue to go up, and 
and push against some high prices. So hopefully that continues. And on the hogs, I don't know, I think we're kind of seeing a little bit of a lower trend there um, churning as well. But um, as long as um, some of our grains stay lower too, especially on the corn side, we should see some decent support um, going forward. But there too, not a whole lot of fresh news. Um, we could definitely use some demand news across the board. A bill to create a sales tax exemption for sales of grain bins was heard in the North Dakota Senate Finance and Taxation Committee this morning. North Dakota Farmers Union Director of Government Relations Matt Perdue spoke in favor of the bill, saying it would help expand and promote on-farm storage for producers as new demand, especially for soybeans, increases. Where this proposal came from was conversations that Farmers Union and other commodity groups had with uh, new soybean plants that are under development in the state right now and, and other processors as well. And really they, they came to us and said, hey, we need to find an opportunity to collaborate to boost on-farm storage in the state. Through various conversations, through research on uh, incentives that existed in other states, we, we discovered a sales tax uh, exemption that existed for grain storage in Iowa. Uh, we thought that was a, a good policy, a reasonable policy to carry forward uh, in this state on a temporary basis to really incentivize that development. North Dakota Grain Growers Association Executive Director Dan Wagsland also spoke in favor of this legislation. In short, this bill is an infrastructure improvement bill. In short, this, this bill is a jobs bill. This is good for North Dakota and it's good for the North Dakota ag industries and North Dakota agriculture in and, in and of itself. Uh, we support this uh, wholeheartedly and uh, would hope that the uh, Senate Finance and Tax Committee as well as the full Senate would concur. The hearing was closed for further discussion at this time. And the North Dakota Senate Finance and Taxation Committee also reviewed Bill HB 1247 this morning regarding property tax exemption on egg product storage. State Representative Jim Greenike says this bill would help repurposed farm storage situations. House Bill 1247 is kind of a one that I guess continues to come around. And what it's really relating to is um, like in my particular district, we have several small rural communities that had an elevator um, at one point or another. Uh, the towns, townships, or the, the towns or the villages have disappeared, um, like we see throughout rural North Dakota. Um, our local farm community is coming in, buying up those elevators, uh, repurposing them and using them for their own personal uh, farm storage. And farmers with storage space not located on their farm are getting taxed at a commercial rate. So all we're trying to do is find a way to, to I guess, get some fairness in that the farm community, uh, just some fairness and taxation on that. The study would, would or could maybe do a couple different things, just running it at um, a not to exceed 40 mils, meaning 30% would go to the road tax, 5 to the ambulance, 5 to fire service so that there would still be something but it would be a it would be a pretty significant reduction while not an elimination brazil has approved the production of biotech wheat argentina is the only other country to give its approval to this technology in both countries this is a drought resistant trait federal reserve board chairman jerome powell will address the senate banking committee tomorrow and the house finance committee on wednesday this is the Fed's semi-annual report on monetary policy. Markets will be monitoring Powell's comments for direction on interest rates and inflation. 
Reporting agriculture's business, this is the Red River Farm Network. BASF seed treatment technical representative Tracy Hillenbrand says wire repopulation is huge. They like grasslands, field edges, low lines of fields. Um, so they'll travel to those areas and lay eggs. And the uh, average female is able to lay roughly 100 eggs per cycle or per season. So you can have multiple cycles per season. So you can have up to three three cycles. So so roughly what we're talking about would be 100 eggs. So over a course of a year or over the course of three years, that one female would be able to have to cause 1,000 new wireworm larvae. Hillenbrand says seed treatments is a first step to prevent wireworms from establishing. The best way to control wireworms is by using a seed treatment insecticide. And BSF offers a new seed treatment insecticide. So before, before the launch of Terexa, which is the BSF insecticide, neonicotinoids were used. But that didn't solve your problem when one of those uh, options were used. It, it allowed them to still reproduce. It just slowed the reproduction and feeding cycles rather than eliminating the wireworms that are in the acre. And that is what Teraxa does. So it's a new novel mode of action. It's in group 30. It is actually the only insecticide in that group currently. Checking markets, we have Minneapolis wheat, the May contract, eight and a half down, 864 and a quarter. Chicago wheat for May down 12 and a quarter. And hard red winter wheat for May down 16 and a quarter. We're at an even eight bucks for KC wheat. May corn, 637 down two and three quarter cents. New crop, one and a quarter lower. May soybeans, 15.29 and a half, 10 and three quarter cents higher. And new crop soybeans, six and three quarter higher at 13.79 and three quarters. We're seeing soybean meal right now up by $11.10 per metric ton. That uh, helping out that soybean trade. Winnipeg, canola futures, 8.2150 Canadian for May contracts. That's down a dollar. Live cattle futures, 72 cents higher for April, 166.15. Feeder cattle, April, a gain of 260 at 198.62. That's agriculture today. This is the Red River Farm Network.